Hello, ho, ho, ho. It is a very festive edition of French Football Weekly, the podcast, of course. Uh, my name is Chris. I am your host, and it's myself and two of our finest this evening as we bring you kind of the half-term report, if you will, edition of the pod. Uh, we'll be talking about a few clubs in a bit of uh, bit of detail, so it's a pod with a difference. So uh, let's introduce my guests. It's a big comment of our to both jazz and Phil, hello to you both. Hello. Hi. Uh, no Rich this evening. Um, he's got uh, a few things that he's uh, needed to take care of this evening. So uh, we wish Rich well. And uh, I'm sure he'll be back in the chair again very soon. So, uh, as I said, a bit of a podcast with a difference tonight in that we're going to have a, a little bit of a chat about where things stand in Liga in terms of uh, positions of the clubs, in terms of squads, uh, season so far, etc. We're also going to pick, uh, I say we're, uh, my two lovely guests are going to pick their teams of the season so far, uh, their players, their flops, their clubs and their managers of the season as well. So that'll probably be a little bit later on in the show. Uh, however, we did have a full midweek programme uh, just last night, so uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the results of those games, so I shall do that right now. Uh, Amiens losing at home to a 90th minute goal from Nantes. Uh, Salah with the winning goal, which uh, netted me a cool couple of quid, but we won't go there. <laughs> Don't gamble, kids, it's bad for you. Uh, also, Orge. Gutting. Yeah, it certainly was for Amiel. Toko Ikambe, that man coming up trumps with two goals uh, after falling behind. This is uh, Angers winning 2-1 at home to Dijon. Sliti had put uh, Dijon in front. Uh, a second yellow card for Lang in the last minute saw the visitors reduce to 10 men and come away with nothing. Uh, speaking of coming away with nothing, uh, can't be said of Montpellier because they got a 2-0 victory away at Bordeaux, who were more on them Probably a little bit later, Jonathan Ikone and Imbenza with a last-minute uh, clincher. 2-0 victory, which makes Phil very happy. Uh-huh. Uh, speaking of unhappy, though, that brings us to St Etienne, who lost 2-1. Where Gangomp, despite taking the lead, Hernani had fired them in front after Alex Sutherland had been sent off as early as the 24th minute. Uh, but a uh, little favourite of mine, Nicolas Benazé. And uh, Jimmy Brion with a 90th-minute winner for Gangomp, uh, meaning St Etienne uh, and all their problems continue into the winter break of course Lille and Nice playing out a 1-1 draw Agazi equalising Scarfi's uh, Scarfi's opener for Nice and Nice continue on their decent run of form Olympic Marseille coming from behind to beat Troyes Pele firing Troyes in front but uh, goes from Dimitri Payet remember him Uh, Luis Gustavo and Valère Germain continuing his good form in front of goal to secure a 3-1 victory Uh, and Jez Metz scored not one, not two, but three goals. They didn't concede any, and they won a match. Amazing. Uh, 3-0 victory over Strasbourg. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to, uh, to Mets a little bit later on, but Mollet, Sec- Mollet Roux, Not to Rubier. upset Phil, but second win in a row. Yeah. There second you go. time you scored three in a, in a yeah. row. Yeah. Just don't call it a comeback. Europe is just <laughs> inside. Um, but yeah, the lesser spotted Emmanuel Riviere with a goal there. Who'd have thought? Um, Superb goal as well. It really was, wasn't it? Yeah, didn't, didn't see that coming. Um, and uh, Monaco winning ways continue. They won 2 1 against Rich's Ren. Uh, Radaman Falcao, who else <coughs> with the opener? Wabi Kazri with a penalty level for Ren. But uh, Keita Belde's 81st minute goal got the clinching points for Monaco. They win 2-1. PSG won. That's a surprise. Beat Khan by three goals to one. Edinson Cavani with a delightful backheeled flick goal after uh, Kylian Mbappe had... Uh, Riviere's raced. better. 
naturally head <laughs> first legs of the pitch uh Mbappe himself who turned 19 this week uh despite that terrible haircut got himself on, the sheet on the 57th minute before Yuri Bashish and a late uh, Santini penalty for one back for Khan ended in a 3-1 victory for the Parisians who are now off in sunny Qatar according to their snapchat lucky buggers uh and Olympic Lyonnais finally wrapping up the midweek program with a 2-1 victory over Toulouse and Nabil Fakir who else with the penalty and Raphael uh, De Silva, formerly of Manchester United, of course, for the 90th minute second before Max Gradel got a penalty back for Toulouse, but too little, too late for... Can I just That's quickly Gradle's interject? That's fourth goal in four games, by the way. He the world loves is Christmas. He does. Um, because we often get accused for some reason of pro-Lyon bias, and we never mention how um, certain teams are apparently favoured by referees, um, Leon's penalty was an absolute disgrace. It was a little, wasn't it? Yeah, soft would be a very under, big understatement, I think it's safe to say. Um, but nevertheless, dispatched and uh, Leon and the year joint second. So good luck to them. Um, briefly touching on the table, PSG, we know are away and gone pretty much. It's <clears throat> clear of Monaco and the aforementioned Leon, who share second place, going into the winter break with Marseille in fourth. Uh, Nantes and Nice in the top six. Montpellier, Gangon, Rennes, and Dijon make up the top ten with Strasbourg 11th, Cannes 12th, Amiens 13th, and Troyes 14th. And then a whole clutch of uh, teams down towards the bottom 20 points each for Bordeaux in 15th and St. Etienne in 16th, 19 apiece for Toulouse and Lille in 17th and 18th, respectively. Uh, Angers now into the bottom two. Two with 18 points and the resurgent Mets, two wins in a row, uh, into double figures, 11 points, but still uh, sadly cut adrift. So that form will need to continue into uh, 2018 to make Jez smile. Who knows? You never know. It might just happen. Maybe not. But hey, Dijon away next, Jez. You never know. Uh, right. So um, that's uh, that was a midweek programme. Uh, of action and uh, as you'll all be aware of course I'm sure uh, Ligue 1 takes a little bit of a hiatus now uh, for some some winter sun Uh, but we don't take hiatuses here Uh, we've got lots to talk about so we're going to sort of go down the club should we go upwards or downwards let's go upwards um, from the bottom up and work our way up so we're going to take clubs in clutches Um, so Jazz we'll start with you because sadly as we said there Mets are uh, at the bottom Um, let's take the bottom three as a whole for you then. Uh, Mets, Angers and Lille currently fill those spots. Fair to say that Lille are probably the surprise of those three teams. Um, what, if anything, do you think those three clubs need to do to turn their seasons around second half of the season? And who's most danger uh, of, of taking the drop? I suppose Mets is the obvious one, but do you think the other two are in serious danger now? Um, I think I think they are. Um above Mets all of it is so close that and you know you can see from the way that, that I know we're not talking about them in this clutch but the way that Bordeaux and, and Saint-Etienne have plummeted that it doesn't take too bad a run to, to suddenly look like you're in a bit of trouble but um, <clears throat> you know Lille have been down there for for most of the season and with the financial issues um, obviously not, I don't think anyone's completely clear about um, what the issues are but clearly they can't buy anyone in January and it may be that they need to sell as well um, it's if that's the case I, I still think that the, it's not a great squad but it should be good enough to keep them up but if they need to sell a couple of their players um, then you know, the, they they do look like they 
they could be struggling. Um, I think for uh, for Lille, one of the problems is a similar problem to Mess. It's reliable goal scorers. Um, I just I don't see any. You know, El Ghazi has, has been coming up with a few, which is good. Pepe, I'm still not sure. I'd want to rely on him for anything. Um, so th- that that to me is the big worry with <clears throat> with with Lille. And in the last couple of matches, their their defending has been pretty horrific as well. I think with with Menyo in goal, that they've always got a chance, but in front of him is uh, there's quite a few accident prone players there for for mess the the last three games have been obviously um a lot better um seven points out of nine actually managed to score keeping it a bit tighter at the back they've brought in one of the one of the youth pro- products selimovic in, in defense and um, I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but he certainly settled straight into the team and, and, and helped them a lot. Um, although they scored six in two, I still think that that is the big problem area for Mess as well. Um, where, where the goals are going to come from, Rue has got five, which isn't too bad a return. And Dossavi, by the way, has got five assists. And I think he missed the first month or so of the season. So I mean, that's pretty impressive stuff. But I, I would love to to see a decent striker come in in January, and if Cheikh Diabate came back, that would be beautiful. <laughs> um, I think there's a couple of other Liga teams after him as well, interested as well. Um, the team that I'm I'm kind of surprised are down there, Angers. I think they're yeah. better than that. I think they in Fulgini they've got an excellent, very versatile player. I think they made a couple of good signings. They still got the decent defence of a couple of years ago. Um, Tokoe Kambi has been very, very good this year. Probably the, the big disappointment has been um, Crivelli. So mm. I still, I do expect them, uh, they've had too many draws this year. I do expect them, I think, to be okay. But yesterday's, if they'd lost yesterday, I might be feeling a bit differently. But it was a huge win yesterday. They're now only a point behind. You said it earlier, a point behind Leo, I think two points behind Bordeaux and Saint-Étienne. Yeah. So they're very much in touch. Um, and I think they could get out of it. Mess, I still think, are a bit too far out. I think the first three games back, one is, as you said, away to Dijon, who I think has got the fourth best home records in Ligue 1. And one of the others is against Monaco. So you know, it could be that all the momentum that they built up the last three games is completely lost within the first three back. Yeah. But I, I certainly... Think, I don't think anyone has done this, Jez. That's my worry. I was kind of looking at the kind of cam tables of, of, of where people have been over the last couple of years. I, You've done yourself a lot of good with the last three results, but that's still... Um, exactly. I'm not we sure need... anybody has managed to stay up yeah, I mean, we need, th- had this we need three wins just to, point. Yeah. yeah, we need three wins just to catch up, and it's taken us until now to get three wins. So, goal you know, difference as well, isn't it? Minus 21 goal yeah, difference. Yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah. I, th- I mean, the, the one thing possibly to cling to is, you know, they should be thinking in terms of don't even worry about fourth from bottom, think third from bottom, and then at least we've got the second chance of the playoffs. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's unlikely, but at least... You know, the last couple of games, they restored a bit of pride and a bit of hope. You know, certainly yesterday, it was a big derby win as well. So, 
you know, at least they're they're going on their on their little break with a bit of optimism. Um, yeah, and we all know what Frederick Hans can do. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Optimism is is definitely the word, particularly when we're talking bottom three. But um, Phil, you you're lucky because you get four to talk about here. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <coughs> those four being three clubs that really have no business being where they are, and one that maybe you'd expect to be. Um, those being Toulouse, Saint Etienne, Bordeaux, and Troyes. Um, mm. Safe to say, Saint Etienne and Bordeaux are the two uh, basket cases in, in that group. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, but also Toulouse. Yes. We, when you look at those, actually it's kind of overlapping with Jez's group, but Bordeaux, Saint-Étienne, Toulouse and Lille are 15th to 18th. Now, those are big names. What what the hell are they doing down there? <laughs> is, is the question. And, um, you know, with Bordeaux, we've got this thing that, um, their performances seem to be so closely linked with Malcolm's performances. He's a great player, but he's not in a good run at the moment. And they do appear to have completely kind of fallen to pieces. Saint-Étienne are in a complete tailspin and continue to be, uh, which is... Given the name of the club, I, everybody says, oh, there's no such thing as you're too big to go down. But if they don't do something fairly quickly, they haven't, they've got one point in the last five. You know, their their been stats last night were absolutely horrific. Horrendous. And if you're trying to get yourself out of a difficult situation, then having your centre forward sent off inside half an hour is not a really good way <laughs> to go about addressing that slide. You know, a, fair... a forward who's trying to be sold as well. Well, they're trying to get rid of him, aren't they? Well, no. It, it's it's a very odd situation that we're seeing those guys down there. And I think when you say you'd, you'd expect to see Tuar in that group, you would. You wouldn't expect to see them being 14th and reasonably chipper and playing, okay, them and Amiens, because Amiens are on 13 and they're both on 21 points, which is good, but they've both got bad form over the last five. They've both only got one win in the last five. Having had a really good start, it was like they came up and momentum and passion and enthusiasm got them to a really good point. And now we've kind of hit the the difficult time of the season where teams are playing twice a week for a long period of time. They have both had bad runs over the last five games. What? you'd hope I think as a neutral is that the Christmas break means everybody can just chill out a bit, relax, take time, get over the little niggles, come back energized to do it again in January because they are both in really good positions, 13th and 14th. That's great. They just need to get back to winning ways again. So um, what I think will be interesting is to see what they do early when we you know hit the ground running in january can they get back to winning ways uh, and start nudging if not back up the table but away from the the teams below them yes for for um for bordeaux toulouse and and saint-etienne uh, actually although they're in a terrible run i'm kind of 
I'm a bit more confident about Bordeaux. Yeah, I yeah. think within the club, the fans are pretty angry, but within the club, they seem to be relatively calm. I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't be surprised if Gourvenec stays. Um, they show a bit of faith in him, and I think he'll he'll take them out of the out of the rut they're in. Saint-Étienne introduced a different Saint-Étienne. I mean, Gasset has now been appointed to the manager rather than having the pretense of Sable, who you know was is, is a well, fan. But I'm working. not sure. Yeah, but I mean, what was shocking? The statistics yesterday were shocking. I think it's only the third time since Opta has started keeping statistics that a team have had fewer than a hundred completed passes. Um, and they had twenty percent, twenty percent possession as well. I mean, that's. Um, but what I also found shocking was their the match on um, at the weekend against Monaco. First of all, Ruffier getting sent off for almost sort of body checking the linesman over. But after that happened, you've got one of their two presidents. I think that sentence probably says quite a lot about the the problems they've got as well. One of their two presidents coming coming down from the stands onto the touchline, practically onto the pitch, and having to be restrained by Sable from going to, to have a go at the referee. You know, it's pretty messy when you've got your not very competent, not at all qualified um, stand-in coach holding back the president. It's just all a mess. And Toulouse, I think that there's quite a few rumours that, that Dupraz is on his last legs. I think he's, you know, the kind of character that he is, I think he's had his time, he's fallen out with, a lot of players, a lot of staff, and I can see him leaving this this month. They they don't score goals either, do they? To lose, which is, um, I mean, who'd have thought a, a forward line that has such greats as Yaya Sanogo in its ranks wouldn't score goals? <laughs> but um, sorry, <laughs> but um, I've I've always thought Andy Delors was quite an accomplished finisher. But he just doesn't seem to be. It doesn't seem to have worked, does it? Since he's come back from Mexico, and uh, I think he's one of the ones that doesn't get on brilliantly with Dupraz and I think no. they're both quite strong characters who, yeah uh, you can't yeah not sure they're going to make up <laughs> no there's only so I can't many... see either of them saying yes you're right I was wrong nor me and there's only so many <laughs> inspirational videos you can watch in a managerial tenure before yeah. the, the, the gold dust runs out a little bit um yeah and as for Sanetian, yeah I think change of coach may be something that might have to happen at some point we shall see um let's have a, a little look a little bit further up the table then um Back to you, Jez. Uh, you're going to get four this time as well, you lucky thing. Amiens, Khan, Strasbourg and Dijon. Uh, do they all cut the mustard? I'm sorry, I had to go there. Um, <laughs> who's, who's the surprise of those four? Because I think, I think it's safe to say if we just said that they were 10th down to 13th at this stage of the season, maybe Khan, I think even Khan are a bit of a surprise, actually, given what they had last season. Strasbourg, massive surprise. But is it, is it safe to say those four are not in the positions you thought they would be? And do you worry about any of them going on a bit of a run after Christmas, which could see them tumble a bit further down the table? Um, I'd say Strasbourg, Con, Amiens, not in the positions. I'd expect them to be Dijon, as I've said a few times before. I, I always think that the last year or two, they've, they've or last year, rather, um, their position's been hasn't really been reflective of how they've been playing. I think they're a decent team. And last year, I think they struggled more than, than they should have done. So I'm pleased that, that it's working out a bit. Um, as I said before, they've got, they got a very strong home record, which helps a lot. Um, and they've got some, some very good, skillful players as well. So I, I like the way they play football. Str- Strasbourg, I, 
I thought would be struggling a bit more, but pretty much everything I just said about Dijon could apply to Strasbourg as well. And you know, they they sort of went down in flames yesterday, but that was after I think six undefeated and three straight wins. So I think that they're, they're sort of really taking to Liga well, and I don't expect them to struggle. Kant and Amya, I expected them both to be real relegation candidates this year, and they're both doing much better than I thought. I think Amya, um, as Phil said, they've, they've had um, a few bad results recently, but you know, one of them, for example, was very, very last gasp defeat against Lyon, so I think they can still take heart from that. And the other two against Trois, and as you said, the sort of 90th minute defeat yesterday against Nantes. So, yeah, three straight, um, three, four straight um, league and defeats. So it's a bit of a slip, but I still I think they're they're much better off than probably they would have expected to be, and I think they'll be okay. Car are on the slide because they've had a very good start to the season, and as we said, it's hard to because the um, everything's so close you know not long ago they were sort of sixth, something like that and now they're down to 12 so it looks like a big slip but probably it's just because it's so close and you know the vagaries of how few points there are between everyone but there again they haven't won now since since the end of november um that was against bordeaux before that it was back to the end of october so they're sort of going the wrong way. Santini scored a penalty the other day, but he's dried up a little bit. Um, so I can actually see them sort of slipping back into the into trouble. You know, they, they scraped out by the skin of their teeth last year. Um, if of those four, if you ask me, which ones could still be in relegation danger? I think I'd say Carl. Yeah, I think I'd probably concur with that. And um, I'm, I'm really pleased that uh, Dijon are one of those sides that I just quite like watching. I can't really <laughs> explain why. I just do. I think it's I think it's because of Benjamin Jano. I think that's what it is. Because I always thought there was a player in there at Lorient. And, and he's never going to be a 20-goal-a-season striker. But he does come up with the odd worldie as PSG fans. And um, they're just quite a likeable team to watch, I find. Mm. But uh, And we should say, yeah, a massive props to Strasbourg in particular, that group who've just been exceptional. Um, right, moving up then. Uh, three more coming for you now, Phil. We've got Ren Gangomp and your beloved Montpellier. Um, fair to say that um, Ren have turned around what looked like a pretty shocking start to the season. Yeah pretty well despite two defeats in the last three uh gang on unbeaten in five now have certainly steadied a ship that could have wobbled at any point um and montpellier uh, are probably even surprising you a bit aren't they yeah well surprising in in style over substance in a sense the the way that montpellier has been playing with kind of five at the back and just not bothering to score because the everything is about the defense I mean, it's a slightly risky thing to do, but it does seem to be working and they have managed to actually do that against the big teams as well as it's been, in a sense, against the teams they should have beaten that they've slipped up. I mean, obviously, a home loss to bottom of the table Mets was, you know, a weirdness in that. But, you know, drawing with uh, drawing with Marseille, just before that and, and now going away to Bordeaux and winning there 
it's it's an interesting season when you look at the bunching of the points what jeremy was saying about how close everything is the thing is that we've got 13th to 19th are within three points but then there's a three point gap up to the next set of people who are you know one point apart because we've got uh if you go up to nice and sixth they're on 27 can't 12th on 24 so you've again got seven teams three points apart so there's there's kind of fault lines have come in which is what i think might save con from um getting themselves into more trouble and so it looks like given that there's another fault line up to the top of the table that teams like montpellier gangon ren are going to be you know fighting for the best mid-table spot not going to be Europe on the table, so it's going to be what you do in the cups. I think is going to be the focus for for those teams uh, going forward. So that's going to be interesting when we come back after the after the break, because obviously the Coupe de France is what kicks us off first, and then we've got obviously um, Montpellier are I think the only uh, and Montpellier are playing Angers and Rennes are playing. To lose both of which look like winnable games for teams we're talking about. So maybe looking at the cups uh, as they seem to be reasonably safe if they just keep things going uh, would would seem to be a, a good call. And they still have the nicest kit in the league. Um, just going to chuck that out there again, Montpellier. <laughs> that is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's fair to say First that those or second kit. Oh, I, I like that. Or the third, or the fourth. Or the third. Yeah, so many kits. I'm, I'm quite a fan of the of the navy and orange combo. I quite like that. That's quite Me nice. too. But I, I like, don't I like, like the that. white and orange. It's, it's, it's yeah. not navy enough. It's not blue. It's kind of. Mm, yeah. mm. I like the I often, pink one they did for for breast cancer awareness. That was that nice. was that was a, a cracker. And I often yeah. think, um, sadly, I know Le Coq Sportif is a classic uh, brand for Saint Etienne, but I often wonder if they'd have had the two-tone sleeve like PSG do with that night kit, that would have looked quite special in two-tone green. But hey, I digress. Sorry. Um, okay. You're going to get four, Rich, and then we'll round off with Jazz. a bit of talk. <laughs> Every week. Every week, Jazz. You were so good last time. I know. And, and I'll tell you why I did that, because I'm reading the group and I'm reading Rich's team of the season. That's why I said the words. So I do apologise, Jazz. Right, Frank. Um, nice, nonce. Marseille and Lyon. Um, four clubs uh, steeped in history, fair to say. Four clubs that pretty much anyone who watches any sort of football uh, at home or abroad will be aware of the names. Um, we've got some Ranieri praise, I'm sure, even though it's not always the most exciting for Nantes. Uh, we've got a, a Nice revival. Make a pun out of that, whichever way you will. We've got Marseille finally sort of suggesting that they might have found a winning formula. There's certainly uh, something's going right there. And a completely resurgent Leon packed with young, upcoming talent. So, uh, where would you like to begin on these four? Um, I'll start with, I'll just work my way up. Um, nice have, for a lot of the season, been pretty poor. They, I mean, they started okay. But I think Seri was very unsettled by the whole Barcelona non-move. Um, then they, they did their sort of deal with the devil where they, they smashed Mon- Monaco again. But 
unlike last year where, where they did that and then sort of carried on um, winning this year they sort of stopped winning after that um, and you know been close to the relegation zone the whole time but um, in recent weeks it's got a hell of a lot better um, again with the provisos and the proviso on the proviso that, that Phil just gave that it's sort of a bit bunched so um, you know that one or two defeats and they can slip again but um, you know they're now unbeaten in um, three or four in all competitions um, they've won one two three four four of their last six I think um, so they're they're looking a hell of a lot brighter Seri's looking a bit better um, as we said there were, there were quite a few changes from last year especially in defense so it's reasonable to expect that it'll take a little bit of time for it all to, to sort of gel and I think it is to an extent now um, and we've got Cipriano who's just about to, to come back, which which is pretty <laughs> exciting. Um, the only possible cloud on the horizon is Anatelli's quote today saying that he's now ready to go to a, a decent club. He said, he, oh, said something like he, he said something like he, he misses having decent players around him or something like that. So I'm not sure that's going to go down too harsh. well in the dressing yeah. room. But, uh, also, <laughs> maybe not sure that's an accurate quote i mean even he wouldn't have said something that stupid surely expected to pitch up at everton yeah why always to, me he, he can, says he can come to mess or bright actually not brighton he can come to mess if he wants i'm sure um, he'd love brighton jess he'd have a lovely old time on the promenade there wouldn't he? <laughs> he probably would yeah and yeah. um, it's very similar to nice promenade um <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know they're looking in a, in much better shape, and uh, I I hope that they they really make a decent bite of of Europa because I I think Europe is probably a little bit beyond them now, but certainly Champions League anyway. But um, they were in the relegation zone five games ago. Exactly. This has been so, a hell of a recovery. That yeah. They've put Barbara's together. job was at risk, wasn't it? Let's be honest. At that yeah. point. Seriously. Yeah and now it's real turnaround. For the other three teams, I genuinely think it's a pretty flattering position for all three of them. Um, not a hell of a lot better off than I thought they would be. I thought they might be struggling this year. And so all props to, to Ranieri for doing what he's doing. Um, as you said, it's it's not pretty at all. But And I still expect them to slip at some point. But I think they've, they've got back to winning ways the last couple of matches and it looked like it might have gone off a little bit but um they're doing well but i'd probably pay not to watch them at the moment marseille and lyon lyon are kind of doing it in an exciting way there's a hell of a lot of goals involved but actually i think both teams are nowhere near as good as their their position suggests and i think it says something about the paucity and inconsistency of the rest of the league I know I keep saying it, and I know I keep non-stop getting stick from people on on Twitter, but I really don't think Marseille have been very good this year. I think it's they did well against PSG, but I think it's telling that they were, you know, absolutely smashed by Monaco, and I think Lyon barely got out of second or third gear at the weekend in in beating them. Um, people keep saying, yeah, but they're beating who they should be beating. I think a club like Marseille should be aiming for more than um, you know, comfortable wins over teams like Troyes and Caen. 
and actually it wasn't even that comfortable against Troyes last night. Um, so I'm really not impressed with them. And Lyon, they have their moments and they score some fantastic goals and have their odd very good match. But certainly every Lyon fan that, that I follow on Twitter has genuinely, generally been very unimpressed with how they've been playing this year. So, I mean, for both of them, the other way of looking at it is, you know, if they're up there playing not well at all, if and when it clicks and maybe they bring in one or two more players, you know, things could go really well for them. But, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, to be honest, a lot of what I've just said, I think, would apply to Monaco, but I'll give that to Phil. But um, No, 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 take it, take it. I've got nothing to... And surely, surely the biggest the biggest task that Leon have got in in January is is keeping hold of certain players. I know, I know it's not particularly a time when clubs are open to selling their their best assets. Um, but you've got to you've got to think that if if one of the big clubs in and around Europe have a look at the likes of, of Fakir or um, even on Dembele, goalkeeper Lopez. I mean. They might not go in January, but you've got to think that the clubs are going to be looking to get their hooks into these sort of players ahead of the World Cup where they could uh, further their reputation. And that sort of thing can send a club season spiralling. Oh, they they might do deals, but I can't see anyone even. No. Even, even on crutches, he's an operator. And he's going to know that. That Fakir, you bid whatever they ask now, he's going to bank on the World Cup pushing that high you know he, he, i i can't see leon selling anyone they don't want to sell in january because i think if it's about the money there's a degree of stick or twist here and i think all is very good at that yeah True, true. Yeah, I think it's one of those. I just wonder if a, if a bid, uh, even a deal, as you said, uh, Jez, could be done for the summer. I just wonder if it would unsettle players. But um, I think in terms of those three teams, I mean, just quickly, uh, Monaco, I forgive a little bit more than the other two. I mean, actually, I suppose Lyon have had quite a bit of turnover in the summer as well, but mm-hmm. Monaco really have had a lot. Or Certainly when you look at the players that have left, it's not surprising that they're not hitting the highest. And the fact that they're still second, I think, is, is at an only nine points. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but only nine points behind PSG, actually, I think is very impressive. But also, I, I think it's relatively flattering for them because I don't think they've been playing well. And, you know, Champions League, they've certainly been found out um, you know, playing teams at a slightly higher level. But I think for those three teams, possibly in terms of the transfer window, which we don't really want to talk about, I would just quickly say that I think possibly the most interesting thing will be if Marseille bring people in, because they're clearly not happy with their strikers. Yeah. There's already a lot of talk about Dubois coming in from Nantes um, as, as a right-back. Um, you know, Marseille made so much noise about their Champions project, and for the most part, I haven't been that impressed. <clears throat> with the players they've brought in, except no. Gustavo, and I don't care what everyone says about Tom Atomy, they're pretty much a one-man team, and that person is Gustavo. If he plays well, Marseille play well. If he doesn't, they don't. Um, but yeah, apart from that, and you wonder if a certain uh, a certain Arsenal centre forward might be back on Marseille's um, interest books for the, the the winter as well. There's a lot of a uh, lot of talk today that Olivier Giroud's agent has been saying he will talk to Arsenal to try and change How their mind. How many Montpellier players end up at 
sounding Marseille. We've got so many Marseille fans in town, they might as well just come back to Montpellier. It's I thought deep. I read something saying he wasn't going to play. See, I'll um, take him at Brighton. I thought you might. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, we do we're not although, ba- Barry, I'll tell you that much. Although Batshuayi wants to go out on loan, I would definitely take him. Oh, God, see, yes. See, Batshuayi <laughs> is the sort of striker that I could actually see going back to Marseille, you know, in a loan capacity, you know, do six to 12 months um, on loan back at Marseille. Because, you know, <laughs> you sound like a jail sentence. <laughs> yeah, go back to Marseille, off you go. Do uh, six to 12 months. <laughs> I could see that. I mean, even a Sonetian, I don't know whether Sonetian <laughs> could afford his wages, but a club like that, you know, you can see Michi going back and, and doing a job there um in terms of Giroud I mean I just think uh I just wonder whether he'd suit Marseille's style he, you know he's uh, I think he will get games with Arsenal obviously doing his hamstring hasn't helped but the, the problem is is that he, he is he going to get enough games um enough game time and I think although his heart is 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 with Arsenal um I think his head is looking at that World Cup place and thinking if Lacazette hits 2018 running and Arsenal gives him more than half a game, uh, then he, you know, he could well take his spot. And then you've got Griezmann and all the others that are lining up to take that that space. And of course, the inevitable, uh, the inevitable Andre Pierre Gignac hot streak, which will get him into the French squad ahead of the World Cup next. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, but yeah, I just wonder if Giroud might look at his options and think maybe Marseille is an option if they are keen. But we shall see. Um, before I rambled over all that, you segued perfectly into me going to Phil there, Jez, about Monaco. Uh, so, what do you think, Phil? I mean, it's it's a weird one, this, isn't it? Because Monaco have been consistently very good in, in Liga this season. And consistently terrible in the Champions League. In right? Europe, absolutely. And, of course, heavy turnover players, which we all knew was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those players, Kate Bell in particular, is starting to settle now. Um would it be fair to say they haven't lit up Liga this season and that's maybe why they've got a bit under the radar? It's uh, all of this, this kind of, it, it was Team 35, then it was Team 38, now it's Team 41. That OM, OL and Monaco were kind of bunched together uh, before, obviously, the Lyon-Marseille game, which split them out a bit. They've just been... It feels like they're just kind of trailing along after PSG, which is the depressing bit because I thought after, you know, obviously Monaco had such a great season last season, you got to know that's not going to happen again, particularly given how many players they shifted around, as you said. So why not say, well, salt the league, as it were. We, we know we're not going to win it, but we'll probably be top half whatever we do. So let's really go for the Champions League and try to get to quarterfinal or semi-final. You know, those brilliant moments they've had in the past. And they completely... What I don't know what the hell they did there. Blew it. Yeah, it was why. And I couldn't understand why you would... I don't know if it was a deliberate prioritisation, but why you would prioritise Ligue 1 over the Champions League when if anybody sensible is in the office, they're going to say, well, that's not happening again. Go for the Champions League. At least 
you know, do something dramatic, romantic. I don't know. It even just the, feels weird. I don't know if they did not prioritise it, if you know what I mean. I just think mm. they found out because they did the opposition very, very was better bad. than in yeah. Liga. But found out to the degree they didn't even make the Europa League. I mean, like that to me is a bigger. I mean, that's a competition that it is. is although, I mean, all three teams in their group were competent. They're not. Yeah, true. None yeah, of them are walkovers, no but yeah, yeah, no, they they still should have done better than they did. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't think they've been playing particularly well most of the time in Liga. It's just mm. that most of the opposition isn't as, good, as good in the same yeah. way as you know, like I said about Lyon, Marseille, and Nantes. Yeah. Um, I don't. You'd expect teams second, third, fourth, fifth to be playing better football than they are, but um, they're not. Yeah. Well, they're so, getting yeah. away without it. So then that takes us on to PSG, who are going to win the league by fifteen points, and and well done to Strasbourg for putting a, a dent a in that. I mean, yeah, yes. The two <clears throat> teams to beat PSG this year are Bayern, Bayern Munich. Newly promoted Strasbourg. Strasbourg. That's well, two, two German teams. Well, what? Yeah. what well, did, <laughs> very good. Very good. No, yeah. but I mean, when we saw kind of the second round of that in the in the Coupe de la Ligue, that was, I mean, I mean, PSG won four two away in Strasbourg. But you looked at some of the things that happened there. Emery was not comfortable. <laughs> they were not comfortable. They didn't bring on the youngsters that they were clearly planning to bring on. Strasbourg dug in and made that more difficult than uh, a two-four. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, wins. I'm not sure that Emery is ever comfortable with no. this. Well, no. well, what, what the, the enough question enough. I have for you both then, because we're. PSG is, is obviously the final team we'll look at in terms of our halftime report. Um, the question I will pose to you both then is, we're all taking it as a given that you know they are going to win the league, and let's be honest. So, yeah, 15 points it, minimum. Yeah, let's, let's look at it as, as a whole. Um, we should give some praise to individuals. Um, Edinson Cavani is, is just two goals off Slatan Ibrahimovic's all-time goal-scoring record. That has to be mentioned. Neymar in flashes has been very good at times and very temperamental at others. Um, we, we've seen possibly the last of, of Javier Pastore, an emotional sort of um, exit to his career from PSG last night, it seems. Um, so, I mean, where the praise is due, of course, Mbappe as well, the praise is due. But the question I have for you both is, are we, are we on board? You know, are, are we, is there a bit of love for PSG? And, and if they do make great strides in the Champions League, where we know they've got a tough draw in Real Madrid, one of the toughest, arguably, if they do go all the way or make the final, are we as outsiders going to be cheering them on? Or are we going to be sitting there with a bit of a scowl on our face going, well, they should be there. They've got all this money. Um, Jez, what do you make of that, first of all? Where, where do you stand on it? I think any team with Los Celso in it is automatically a little bit more I lovable. I love Los Celso. <laughs> I, so, I so love that player. I was so glad <laughs> working for him. People are asking, who the hell's that? I don't even know who he is. It's like, just, just watch this kid. He's very good. Um, I, we say it all the time with PSG that, you know, it's almost like their season doesn't start till February, March time. And there's something about this season. It feels different, but the same because they've had some cracking performances this year. And the front three, uh, you know, when they want, when they click together, I'm going to say when they want to, I think arguably with Neymar, you can say that he picks and chooses. I'm not sure about Cavani and Mbappe. I think they, they try their hardest most of the time. Um, 
uh, the, in you know the the PSG match, the Celtic match. There's some there's some real standout matches there, but at the same time, I still feel like there's the same issues there that you know that you need to sort of wait and see. Even you know take last night for example take the Strasbourg matches of course take the Bayern match away but even take last night okay they'd switched off they were 3-0 up but again they conceded a silly goal or penalty with a handball um there's their front five or six or seven or eight or whatever can win any match on their day but I still think that their back five or six can lose any match on their day um, so I think it's going to be exciting seeing what happens, but I'm not sure it, won't, it necessarily won't end in tears again. Possibly not so sh- as shockingly as last year, but uh, yeah, I can see them definitely beating Real because I don't think Real's defence is necessarily the strongest either. But I can also see them losing for it, for it sort of exactly the same reason, sort of flipped over. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, Pastore looks like he's out. He's kind of lovable as well. There, there's players that you, there that you can get on board with, um, but at the same time, you know, Neymar's fantastic to watch, but I don't think he's particularly likable in any way. Thiago Silva, I still think, is a complete liability. Um, I like that Ariola's improved. I, 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 yeah, I do find them a bit more likable, but there's still something about the whole attitude of the club in general. I don't, I haven't got on board with Emery. I, I'm not sure most of the players have either. Um, I think his there's something about his demeanour which I think transfers stress onto the players, and I don't, I'm not entirely sure he is. I'm not entirely sure he's in charge, basically. <laughs> Of transfer policy, of Don't the teams he that he picks, of tactics, of anything. No. No, I, I tend to concur that. What was your And I don't, in, by the way, sorry, just very quickly, I don't entirely blame him. It's not, I'm not saying it's necessarily just because I think he's weak or whatever. I think in Al Khalifi, I think he's got one of those, you know, Ron, well, he's got a Ron Nodes type who I think thinks he knows a hell of a lot more about football than he does. And, you know, this whole like president <laughs> coming into the changing rooms whenever he feels like it. Stay yeah. in the boardroom or in the stands. It's not your place to be going into the changing rooms and things. Can we, I really don't like it when they do that. Can we name the podcast uh, uh, El Khalifi, the new Ron Nodes? Because that's <laughs> the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life ever. So that's superb. I know what you mean, though. It, it can't, we, t- we mentioned the double chairman at St. Etienne. It can't be a good thing, can it, when there's interfering chairman in? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll let off, you know, Carlo Molinari used to do it for Mess and Nicolas. Um, did yeah. it for, for Montpellier and I saw his sons doing it this weekend as well I'll let them off because they're a bit more lovable but I don't, I don't <laughs> agree with presidents sitting on the bench either No, especially when they clearly, well, I wouldn't say have no knowledge but have limited knowledge of what's even going on That's yeah, that, that is a, it is a bit of an anomaly um, where, where, where do you stand for? I mean have you, have you fallen in love? Is, is there any j'adore about PSG or is, is, it, is it still a little bit dirty for you? They are nice to watch. That's the thing. One thing that struck me was one of my favourite pieces of uh, football-related social media is a couple of years back when PSG did that video of them singing the 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 anthem. I, I share this a lot on social media. Jez, do you know what I'm talking about? It's the tune of Go West. 
Anyway, um, I've now realised, I think the if Pastore leaves, the only player left from that video, that wonderful video which featured Maxwell in a fisherman's sweater <laughs> and, and various other things, is Motta. He's the only guy left because Tweedy's gone. Talking you know, of love of everybody. <laughs> no, but this is a thing. All of that, those guys have gone, and this is four, five years. Yeah. That's it. The turnover is so big, and so yes, much as I think Tiago Mata needs, you know, dropping off a bridge or something. Uh, if he's the only guy left, you know, it. You do kind of want him to to succeed and it is a complete rebuild and when you look at other teams you would at least have there is a lot of movement but players you'd have at least one player two players who've been there five or six years and I'm not sure PSG have got that anymore. And that just dropped me as a weird thing because, like I say, I love that video and I will share it later again because it feels Christmassy, even though it isn't. Um, so, yeah, no, I I hope they do well in the in Champions League because, frankly, they're going to win the league by 15 points, as we've said. So they might as well, you know, up the profile of France elsewhere. And after the last couple of years it would be nice if if they did they did that in a kind of solid and reliable way and and you can't win can you because if psg do do go on and win the champions league i can hear the mm. the la liga and the premier league um experts now saying well you know they bought, they bought it, it. Well, yeah club. and and who from the premier league would win it yeah, yeah, hasn't bought it look Manchester at the City, tax Chelsea. situation in spain i mean yeah. seriously look at i mean what's happened to Bayern Munich? who was in prison recently for tax evasion i mean yeah. it's whatever it's, it's, it's all don't, don't they have don't so they have big sponsorship we, deals with as well. Yeah, and by Munich with T-Mobile and all that. I mean, it's it, it, they're all as bad as each other. But exactly. We, so we, we pick the team. Play. If we have to pick a team that plays the nicest football, and the nicest football, if it wins, marvelous. If not, yeah. whatever. It's less. It's kind of less emotionally connected than normal. Maybe. Let's be honest. But, with- uh, yeah. We're not going to see St Etienne and Marseille rejuvenate a Champions League push like the old days, are we? Let's be honest. Oh, no. <laughs> I've, sp- I've spoken to, to Rich about this before, possibly with you two as well. I do feel it's kind of like just on a sort of micro league and basis, I kind of rooting for anyone but PSG just because they are the big rich baddies mm-hmm. but then I yeah I do get very protective of them on the European scale because yeah. Like, yeah I mean, okay, they might be the you, richest you get now, people but... saying oh league is a shit league so that's why they didn't yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, Bar- I get quite Barry Glenn, at Barry that Glenn point. Denning making them making them out to be the most evil empire since <laughs> Darth Vader or something. And, and the, the Premier League at the top is really competitive this season, isn't it? You yeah. know, it's, it's um, La, La Liga's really close, yeah. right? And as you said, and they've all done it with no money whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's one of those arguments that we're only going to get upset if we carry on, so we'll leave it. But <laughs> so one, we want not to hang on, get into the Europa League and win the Europa League and that would be brilliant. 
with well, Claudio no, Ranieri at the But you just said we want good football. And, and let's let's no. not go overboard. Uh, <laughs> no, they can make the final, but we all know that Arsenal need to win the Europa League. So let's let's not go over the no, top. No, we're here. talking about next season. Oh, next. Oh, that's five next season. We we won't even be in Europe next season, so that's not no. good stuff. <laughs> um, one final question on PSG before we move on to your teams and individuals of the season so far. Um, just just a brief one from you both. PSG specific this. Ins and outs in January. Uh, let's be honest, they are the team that need to do the most business in terms of getting a few off the wage books um, and potentially strengthening for this Champions League push. So do we see too much being done in, in January for PSG? I, I think they have to do a bit. I think it looks like, you know, from all the clips yesterday, it looks like Pastore is leaving. It certainly yeah. sounds like Lucas could be going. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean <laughs> Di Maria no. doesn't seem to be enjoying himself much and they need to bring in at least one defensive midfielder. There's lots of talk about Wendell. But who isn't cup time? Because I have That's... lots of the rest of development. Yeah. Who isn't cup Who, who isn't Wilfred cup time? That's the problem. Is Wendell, coming, is Wendell coming from Brazil? Isn't he Leverkusen? Yeah. Is, is, is this a different Wendell or... I can't remember. There's, one, I'm not there's, sure. there's lots of Wendell's. There's lots of Dan, Danilo's. It's all very confusing. Yeah, I suppose. I saw jo- John pub- John Johnson published a stunning rumor today. Which um, is it? Is it Manuel Armunia coming out of retirement to join as a goalkeeper? No, much weirder than that. Weirder than La- that. Crikey, yeah, I need to know who this is. La Sana Diara. No way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw no some way. of these. Mind you, Mo published Jack Wilshire to Marseille. So. That's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, well, I mean, it'd be I quite don't think any of these are going to help. That's And that's their problem. If they need to strengthen for a Champions League campaign, they need a Champions League level defensive midfielder or defender and or whatever. I could, but they I wonder can't if... buy any of them because they're all either still in the Champions League or were in the Champions League. So you can't play for two in one season. Surely. Do you not think they'd have a... Is there still a rule about Europa League and Champions League? Is that still a rule? I get very confused. Whether someone you... someone told me this not week sure, there is a rule the that you, you can transfer. There? Yeah, because if not, then surely Alexis Sanchez is another one they might have a little sniff at again because there's a lot yeah. of talk today that... I'm not sure he's a central defender and that's it, really no, he's not. what they're after. So I, but, I but would when, say that it would be on the It rules, would be worth watching if he had a crack. And when do I, they play... When do they buy the players they actually need? Um, would be my argument to that. Well, but that, well, in, in notes, which case, they won't buy anybody because they're already stacked. You know, they need defensive players. So too, too where are they going to get? The one that the one that um, are they going to go depend, up to Well, depending yeah. on what the rules are, I'd say the most interesting one would be Fabinho because. I yeah, don't think yeah. he's hitting the heights. I don't think he's happy to still be at Monaco. No, he doesn't look um, like player, does he? So see? I could see him eventually going to PSG, but would it be now or in the summer? Yeah. Or as you say, do they farm the South American market and try and find a you know, a big fish from, from that area where they're definitely not cup tied? There's talk with Gonzalo Gennish gonna go permanently, so that's another space in the squad. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, I've got all my arrested development lines ready for if Mr. Wendell does join. <laughs> I was thinking that song as soon as you said it. I must have been. <laughs> I'm yeah. hoping that when they buy him, they say, here, have a dollar. In fact, no brother man, here, have two. <laughs> oh, goodness. This is going to be another situation where I am not sure how to proof your articles after <laughs> Lamar yeah. 
going to Monaco and me not knowing the jokes you were making. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You just, them all. just, just pin pin them on Slack. It'll be fine. <laughs> one, one thing's for sure, uh, the French market will be busy one way or the other in January, whether it be clubs bringing in players in within the league or a few exiting the league. Uh, so we'll naturally keep all across it. Um, right, OK, let's. Um, that's kind of our half-term report then uh, in terms of, of Ligue 1. Hopefully you've enjoyed our uh, breakdown on the teams um, individually or as a group. So we'll, uh, we'll now sort of transition into a little bit of personal interest, um, which is our teams of the season. Now I'm stepping out of this one because I'm frankly a host, uh, far too important for all this. So um, I'm going to let uh, Jez and Phil pick their teams of the season before picking out some individuals. Um, I'm well, gonna you, re- you can represent Rich. I was going to say, I'm going to read Rich's, so I, I will be Rich uh, for once I get, get a name right. Um, <laughs> so, so Rich is team You can of the be season. Jez if you want, I'll be Rich. <laughs> I, can be, I can be Jez, yeah. Um, so Rich's team of the season thus far is Tazarasanu, uh, Tete, Diego Carlos, Pedro Mendes. Uh, you, I think he means Diacabi there. He's put, or, has he, or has he? No, he meant no, no. Debasi. I thought I was reading that wrong. Uh, Andre, Gustavo, Fakir, Tovan. Cavani and Falcao. Uh, interestingly, no place in there for uh, two other French, uh, two other centre forwards for the um, Parisian side. Um, uh, so there you go. So that's Rich's team. I'll come back to his individuals in a second. So, Jez, what team have you plumped for so far in the other season? I haven't finalised it. I'm really struggling with this. Oh, okay, yeah. in goal, I've got uh, Ariola. Okay. Okay, really? I just think he's so improved this year. I know he's still a couple of moments, but I'm counting, maybe it's unfair, but I'm counting Champions League performances as okay. well for this. Okay, yeah. Just to stop you making a tit of yourself. I'm sorry, I had to go there. <laughs> Carry on. Thank you. Um, hey, you pulled out the Wendell joke, so... That's you know. true. <laughs> yeah. um, I was torn right back between Suke, because I love him, and Tete. So but as, as Rich has mentioned, Tete, I'm going to go Dubois. I feel like there should be a non-defender in there and I think he's been uh, very good, very underrated and possibly if he does move to Marseille we'll hear a lot more about him Um, I've got, I struggled with centre-backs, I really can't think of many that have stood out but I've gone with um, Mendes Montpellier and I've gone with Bakari Kone what the hell, I want a Strasbourg player in there and he's hilarious (laughs) let's have him in there and then left back, I was torn between Amavi and Roussillon, um, but just to, um, because I've already got a Montpellier in there, and to show Boo. that I don't hate Marseille, I'm going to put Amavi in there. I do like it. I know he hasn't sort of played the whole season, but he's certainly done better than his predecessor at Marseille. Um, two sort of holding midfielders, Toussaint and Gustavo. Um, Luis Gustavo, like I said, I think he is the man that makes Marseille tick. And Toussaint, I think he's been more or less ever present and just really reliable presence in that in that Lyon midfield. And then the front five oh, is that five? Four. Six. Four. Four. <laughs> um, I'm really struggling. <laughs> and I've got like different names depending on different formations. Um definitely Fekir in there. Um, and then uh, <sighs> um, 
Okay, I'm going to go to Sir Gustavo Fakir in midfield, and I'm going to go Mbappe and Neymar on the wings, although I'm slightly uncomfortable with Neymar, but he obviously is a match winner on the day. Um, and then either Falcao, Cavani, or I'll go Falcao because I still have my... Cavani is the top scorer, but Falcao had a few games out, and I still think Cavani misses too many chances. Yeah. The the Parisi the um sort of player ratings in the Parisia, which is obviously pro PSG biased yesterday, actually said a fine goal by Cavani and lots of missed chances, basically <laughs> the same as the whole year. <laughs> it's it's funny actually if you uh for people who maybe don't follow me on social media or the other podcasts I do, but I've had stick from people for years about two specific subjects, Edinson Cavani and Pep Guardiola. So as you can probably imagine, this season I have had constant barracking from people oh you still don't rate them then i'm like oh god it's just so tiresome but that's what happens when you put your opinion on social media you don't rate guardiola uh let's not go there um i wouldn't say i don't rate him he's a very good coach but i also think that he's had an awful lot given to him and an awful lot of money with which to do it i don't buy the hype anyway before uh for that that uh opens another box of worms all over again save it for another time but i'm happy to carry that Oh, but there you go, there you go, boys and girls. There's a podcast in itself. The debate. <laughs> Sky Sports has got nothing on us. Um, Phil, what are you going to go with for your eleven? Uh, I got Lopez and goal because he has been. Good. I mean, he other people, good. you know, there's been some good performances, but <clears throat> he seems solid. I'm going with a Montpellier fullback double of Nordi Mokieli and Roussillon. Because I think Mukiele has played, he's played right back, right wing back, cent- right sided centre back. He's only 20. He's really good. So he deserves some love there. I wanted also to get a non defender in there, and it was like Coffee Gigi or Nicola Palwa. I went with Gigi, he's played more. Um, I think Marquinhos of PSG, because we, we argue about the PSG defence a lot, and they are they are what they are but he's the good bit is my view so give credit there um midfield Louis Gustavo obviously makes OM tick I've gone for uh Pierre-Lise Melou for Nice I was thinking maybe Seri because I love Seri but he hasn't played a lot and he has been sulking a bit and Lise Melou is He's just a really good player. I really like that. Uh, Fekir, obviously. Um, right wing, I am going Tovan because he's got eight goals and eight assists, topping the assist chart. He is actually doing well. Um, so I put him over there. Neymar on the left because, you know, Neymar. And up front, it was, I kind of, I was so tempted to put Mariano Diaz up after the OL 2-0 winner over Marseille where Mariano's goal was basically he nearly wiped out his own (laughs) colleague to get to the header he basically nearly killed Kenny Tetti to get that header he is so so focused on getting the goal but I have to say uh, instead my centre forward that I'm picking is Carl uh, Toko Akambi, because nice. 
Angier are terrible right now. He's got nine goals. If he wasn't playing for them, they would be absolutely gone. He is doing a cracking job in a bad team. And that, to me, is the mark of a good player. Uh, so um, he's my centre forward. Mm, good shout. Yeah, good shout. I think there's a fine blend of, of players there. Um, I can't argue with many of those. Uh, Aor probably would be one that seems mm-hmm. to have missed. He was another on my list. <laughs> um, I think that's probably the biggest name on, on the list that I'm missing. I'm sure there are more, but I think that Malcolm, arguably for his early season form, but maybe not for the rest. Um, Terrier, maybe at Strasbourg. Um, not yet. a few. There's a few, but yeah, Gustavo is probably the other one. Mariano Diaz, maybe? But then when you've got a league of the forwards we've talked about, maybe not. Um, but yes, plenty. Uh, no no, Dimitri Paye in any of those. I'm surprised by that. Anywho, right. Um, individual awards then. He, he can uh, be on the pitch. No one will notice. No, that's very true. I'm not sure he can be on the pitch at the moment. He's struggling to even do that. Um, as far as uh, four individual awards then to wrap us up, um, these are the awards for player of the season so far, flop of the season so far, club of the season so far, and manager of the season so far. Rich has gone with uh, Mabio Fakir as his player of the season so far. No arguments from me. Um, Nicholas Depreville as the flop, which kind of hurts my heart to even say it but mm. it's probably quite fair uh club amiens uh, in fact uh, all three promoted sides rich says but that's a copper answer mm-hmm. rich you're not having that have to stick with amiens and managers again he's broken the rules he's gone with two ranieri and Pelissier. um take your pick of those two um he also wanted to chuck in uh mitroglu for a flop category um no arguments this end um phil what have you gone for in those four categories well i kind of Player of the year, Neymar, and flop of the year, Neymar, because <laughs> he, he hasn't walked on water. We were sold that he was going to walk on water. That's kind of, this is the weird situation that PSG find themselves in. That They have the best player in the league, arguably one of the best players in the world, and we're still bitching about him. So... What's he, got to, what's he got to do to win us all over? He hasn't done it yet. He, he's already gone off back to Brazil on holiday or something. It's it's tricky. Um, my other flops of the year would be Bielsa or Saint-Étienne. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a thing there. Yeah, definitely can't, can't argue with those two. Have you got a club individually and a manager individually? Well, clubs, I think... Strasbourg are doing a fabulous job. They're playing nice, attractive football. They're playing canny and, you know, uh, I hope all of the promoted teams stay up. I know that means other people have to go down, but it would be really nice if that did happen. And I think Thierry Lovey has done a, a great job so far, both last season and how they've approached this season as well mm. yeah yeah good shouts good shouts uh, what about yourself jez have you got a uh, player and um a uh, player and flop of the season first of all so player of the season i've begrudgingly gone with fekir as well because he's also sort of blown hot and cold and the last four or five matches since the last international break i think he's he's gone off quite a bit but at other times this year he's been just 
absolutely fantastic and you know in the same way as Malcolm was at the start of the year I think Fekir has kept it going a little bit longer so I'll go with him but I don't think there's been any standout um I like I like what Phil said about Neymar it's true he's played very well but he I do think he picks and chooses when he plays well and I, I think he could you know if he wanted to play like that week in week out I think he's capable to and it could be frightening I just think that he's a lot of the time not not bothering um to play at full tilt which arguably is is fair enough you know he wants to save it for bigger matches that's fine as long as he does do that um flop um i forgot about bielsa i think that's a great shout i was gonna actually just give a passing mention to oscar garcia although i think with big mitigating circumstances i thought i had high hopes for him at saint etienne but i'm not sure it's his fault that it went wrong for him um the other flop, which hurts me even more than De Preville, is um, Tielemans. I still yeah. think he will come good, but I just thought he'd set the league on Off fire league. right from the start, and he yeah. just hasn't at all yet. I'm not sure he's even playing that much, but no. um, yeah, it's not. It's not really happening yet. Um, so honorable, I'm hope- honorable mention for Wesley Schneider as well. Uh, yeah, but I never really expected anything of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, fair enough. Yeah. The, the, the man is earning a living in the south of France. And eat, eat I personally am, am <laughs> completely on board with that. Mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not criticising a man of his... You know, he's a, cha- he's a Champions League winner and, and he's quite chunky. I mean, you know, good luck to the lad. But um, yeah, that's a move that I don't think has worked out. Uh, I think he might be off to America sooner rather than later. Um, we shall see. But uh, as is Iku Casillas, apparently, today in other news. Um, but yeah, off to Chicago, apparently. Whoa. Uh, only, I only know that because I follow Chicago Fire because I'm sad. Um, <laughs> club and manager, then, Jez, have you got uh, your, non- your notif- nomination? Sorry for those two. Uh, so, manager, um, Ranieri deserves a shout, but. I still really don't like how non play. Um, you know, it's not like how Leicester played. You know, the Leicester had the defensive bit and then broke excitingly. Um not just have the defensive bit. Um I think the Zakarian's doing a very underrated job at, at Montpellier. Mm-hmm. But I, I yeah, I think Lovely I'm gonna... scarves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but I think I'm going to go Thierry Lore as well. I'm a big fan of yeah. his. I think he's doing a great job at Strasbourg. And yeah, I think Strasbourg for clubs so far as well. Because like I said, I, expe- I expected all three promoted clubs to struggle and they're all doing better than, than I thought. But um, Trois, not as impressive as the others. Um, as, if we're talking club, um, yeah, on the pitch are doing very well, but I don't think they're covering themselves in glory off the pitch um, with um, collapsing stadia <laughs> and project- projectors hanging on a thread and oh, that's presidents. Not their fault, though, because it's not their stadium. That's like. Okay, and president saying it's the, the local opposing council. <laughs> president saying it's the opposing fans' fault for. Yeah. Okay. That's their. That's their <laughs> all, problem. All, all a little Definitely. bit unsavory, but yeah. No, I. am just trying to separate them, and then on Str- yeah. Strasbourg, on the other side, you've got the Menno and the crowds at the Menno, so mm. they just edge it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Strasbourg deserve a bit of love there, so I'll, I'll uh, totally agree with you there. 
Okay. Um, right, we're, we're pretty much at the end of the show there. We've just got uh, enough time for um, uh, one question, which, uh, Jez, you, you kind of pulled out the bag. So rather than taking listener questions this week, we thought we'd just ask a, a Christmas-themed question. Uh, so, Jez, what, what was that question? It was, I stole it from the Football 5 podcast. I'm not going to take credit for it, but it was, um, if, I mean, we could do every team, but I don't think we've got time, but um, if you could ask Santa to buy your club one present, what would that present be? Well, naturally, I'm going to ask you what, what you'd like to be bought for Mets. Uh, I think you're going to say Santa forward here, aren't you? I think I'm going to say um, Diabate. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think we need a centre forward and one as just fantastic and cuddly and loving as him I think the same as last year I'm not sure it's just the case of the goals I think the way he brought the club together last year just everyone just united in love for him I do I do feel that love it's coming over it's it's coming (laughs) across um and and naturally Phil you have to have a present for Montpellier so yeah uh, and and mine's fairly similar which is goals it would be nice to have some goals um Mm. you know they've got 17 in 19 so far they goals would be nice you know steve munier has gone over to huddersfield and is doing okay we miss him Um, yeah i would would be very happy to see him go back yeah yeah From he's point of view. yeah huh. I, I was i was one of those championing him for a move because i really enjoyed him last season but um equally it's always like maybe another year could he stay another year kind of thing but yeah i know what you mean it's i was also the same person championing leos Dioni to succeed and that didn't work out very well which no, i should that's also a good flop actually it is yeah no, and i should he, also um no, he's not a he hasn't really played he's working he? really hard in a yeah. terrible situation true. i don't think you can call that floppy and and i also true, think true. having your hair like jason lee uh, for those yeah. fans of old english football will remember that he wasn't prolific by any stretch i don't think that helps and i, I have to give myself a very large um slap around the face uh, on last week's podcast i said get your money on st etienne to beat monaco i just had a feeling yeah, that didn't work out too well last week, did it? So I'll hold my hands up on there, uh, on that one. Um, and as soon as we're handing out presents, I'm going to give a little present to uh, to, to L'Oreal. Um, Santa, if you could just bring us promotion, that would be lovely. Um, you know, that, that would be nice if we could come back up and then I can join all the lovely Liga talk again. Um, it's not looking great right now. We're seventh in Liga. So, you know, but there is this time to go. And, and although it looks like Ram are going to be... Uh, well, at the moment, looking like champions, there's still a good fight on for second and third. So you never know. We we live in hope. Well, um, we'll probably be Mess Laurie on next year then. Yeah, yeah. Or that could be the playoff, Rich. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Cheers. Sorry. Thank. <laughs> All <sighs> right. Can you can you just change your name? Because it'd be a lot easier. I'm even in wearing January, a na- I'm even wearing seriously. a name badge. You are. I know. Sorry. It doesn't <laughs> flash. So I, I, I missed them. I'm sorry, Jess. I'm sorry. You know, it's all out of love. Um, right. Okay. Before we leave you then, um, Phil, we've got some bits and bobs coming up that people can read. I believe it's worth. Uh, uh, well, yeah, we're, well, the thing is, uh, we're <laughs> also going to have a little bit of a winter break. Um, so we can all, um, you know, see friends and, uh, not have to be on the computer, but, Coming back in January, obviously the first weekend, the 6th and 7th of January, is the Coupe de France uh, 32e or round of 64, I think. Is that what 
You'd say in English. I don't know. Sounds so when right. the league young clubs join in the Coupe de France, and this is always a big weekend, we there are still some minnows in there um, who could uh, put up some shocks. So we'll be attempting to cover as much of that as possible. That's then followed by the Coupe de la Ligue quarterfinals. I've lost that bit of paper. But the quarterfinals are Amiens are playing PSG, Angers, Montpellier, Nice, Monaco in the South Coast derby and Rennes to lose. So that's going to be on the 9th and 10th of January. And then we get back underway with uh, Ligue 1 game 20 on the following weekend. So it's cup action when we come back in January. So we will be attempting to cover as much of that as possible. There will also be a stats roundup of how things have gone in the first half. And so you can check all of that out after our winter break when we come back in 2018. Fantastic stuff, and uh, yes, please do. You um, you can of course follow all of our bits and bobs as well on on Twitter. Um, you you know where to find us if you want to look us up. Um, but yes, and of course via the uh, the French Football Weekly website as well. So um, please get along, give us a follow, click on stuff, and read things because you might learn something. You never know. Um, I certainly do. Um, so yes, you can find us on those usual mediums. Uh, FrenchFootballWeekly.com, by the way, is the website if you are looking to find us right uh that is it then for our kind of uh, half term league report our french football half term league report so thank you very much for tuning in um big thank you to all of the listeners for uh the year as well because we won't speak to you until it's 2018 so thank you all very much um and without wishing to sound too much of a melt uh, i would just like to personally extend my thanks to to both uh, jez and to Phil, and of course Rich, who's not here at the moment, even though I pretend he is clearly, um, for uh, for welcoming me aboard um, in this year. It's it's been a real pleasure and uh, delighted to be part of the team. Long may it continue. So a little personal thanks from me. Um, but please, happy holidays. Uh, have a lovely time. Please look after yourselves. Be safe. Uh, if you're travelling long distance or short distance, make sure you uh, give yourself plenty of time and, and don't have any drinky poos if you are travelling anywhere uh, that involves you behind the wheel of a vehicle because that wouldn't end well so uh, please be safe enjoy your festive season uh, enjoy everything that you get up to whether it be football or, or otherwise and we'll speak to you in 2018 so thank you very much Jez and thank you very much Phil thank sure you know bon uh, and uh, on behalf of myself Rich Allen no wait that's not me I'm Chris but happy Christmas to Rich <laughs> as well and to all the team so we'll speak to you in 2018 and thank you once again <laughs>